Welcome back to the Carnivore Yogi Podcast. Today, I have a really special interview with Vivica, who is also known as the Nourished Caveman. She's a certified whole food nutritionist, a blogger, a published author. She just came out with a brand new carnivore cookbook, which I will absolutely link in the show notes for you guys. And she's been around the paleo, keto, whole foods, just primal nutrition space for many, many years now. It's evolved and she's seen it go through so many different things. But she originally found a ketogenic diet many years ago and it helped her as she was starting to enter perimenopause to get blood glucose levels to drop and to shed excess weight and to clear brain fog and see that her energy levels really skyrocketed. So she really has been around the space for a while. She's also dealt with Hashimoto's and hypothyroidism and worked to heal herself and work with many, many clients to heal themselves using whole foods, real foods. And she also has a program called the Healing Foods Method. So there are a lot of things that Vivica and I spoke about in this interview. I think that you guys are gonna find extremely helpful Like I said, she's been around this space for many years, so she does have a lot of wisdom to share. I always appreciate when people have worked with tons and tons of clients over multiple years because they're not just spouting off information from maybe doing like one-time consultations. They have really been with people for a long time and seen them go through things, improve, maybe not improve, and learn from those mistakes. So we talk about all of that today in this episode. I do hope you guys enjoy it. Make sure to head on over to Apple, leave me a review, leave me some stars, screenshot this episode, share it out with anybody you feel would be helped, and we will talk again very soon. This episode is brought to you by Let's Get Checked. You can use my code YOGI30 in all caps and save 30% off any at-home lab testing. Now, I'm super excited to be sharing with you guys the results that I just got recently on my Let's Get Checked test. I just did their micronutrient test, which I will link in the show notes for you guys, but it tests your vitamin B12, your zinc, your selenium, your magnesium, your copper, your vitamin D, of course, that's the one I was really, really wanting to know about, your vitamin E, all of these things that help you to create a healthy immune system. And that is one of the biggest, hottest topics that is out there right now is how do we keep our immune system the strongest? How do we protect our bodies from what's going on out there? I'm not going to get super in depth here on this podcast, but It's been a priority for me, especially this year, caring for a special needs child and just really wanting to have my health in the absolute best place. So I highly recommend checking out the micronutrient test. I am excited to report that my vitamin D went from a 33 to a 60, and I'm happy to share about how I did that in a future podcast or future YouTube. So make sure you're subscribed to all of my channels, and I will talk about that again soon. But for now, I hope you guys enjoy this episode, and I will talk with you again soon. All right, guys, thank you so much for coming back and tuning in. Today, I have a guest with me. I'm not even going to try to pronounce her last name, but I know her her first name is Vivica. She's known as the Nourish 
caveman over on Instagram. That's her brand. I know you're in kind of transitioning to a new brand right now, but she has an awesome new carnivore cookbook out that I will link in the show notes for you guys. Um, but thank you, Vivica, for being here today. Thank you, Sarah, for having me. This is such a pleasure. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. So let's talk a little bit about you, your experience. You've been around the low carb space for quite some time, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think I'm one of those ketosaurus, like one of the first one, like um, Jimmy Moore and Marie Amarish and I like, you know, I was by far not as famous as they were when I started. I was just, you know, a little keto blogger and not even like I was a paleo blogger when I first started and a nutritionist. And then like about not even a year, like six months into it, <clears throat> excuse me, my voice is being kind of low. I turned to keto and um, I discovered this ketogenic diet that was completely obscure. There was no material, no information. And like literally just uh, Jimmy was low carb and Marie Emmerich was like keto. And yeah. she was like the one authority. She had her wonderful first book out, which I learned a lot from. And then I just started researching you know, like about um, the, what the bodybuilders were doing. And, you know, there were a few books for bodybuilders about cyclical, ketogenic, cyclical ketogenic diet. And because of my own health issues, you know, I had to really embrace this way of life. And <clears throat> honestly, like I knew that that was the right thing to do for me from the beginning. I didn't have to do it. I just was really so excited and I became so passionate. You know, I was pre-diabetic, so I reversed my pre-diabetes and then, <clears throat> sorry. <clears throat> Air conditioning in a hot climate does that to Oh me. yeah, absolutely. Too much of it in and out from cold to hot. <laughs> um, so, you know, I really, dove into the ketogenic diet and like within a year I had resolved most of my health issues then new things came out I started my hormones I was perimenopausal my hormones started like you know going crazy and my thyroid really started tipping over I discovered I had Hashimoto's <clears throat> and I just continued like you know persisting and continuing on with my lifestyle I gotta say that because of the perception of what a ketogenic diet could be today, after so many years and so many variations and so many experiments and so many different people doing it in different way, the way, the keto way I was doing from the beginning was very different than a lot of what you see out there today. I was eating what we can call clean keto. I call it a therapeutic ketogenic diet. For years, I called it keto paleo. So if you go on my blog, The Nourish Cayman, there is like the keto paleo life interviews and the keto paleo this, the keto paleo that. My first <clears throat> second cookbook was called The Keto Paleo Kitchen. And it just came back out in the second edition with like keto cooking for healing and weight loss because like this is really what now I feel is like the way that I do keto and carnivore is a therapeutic way. So the same, you know, for the next book, thing. I'm sure we're going to talk about it, but this yeah. is kind of in a nutshell where I've been coming from. 
Yeah. So you like to promote or kind of approach the diets in more of a therapeutic way for more of like healing people who are maybe having issues with hormones or issues with autoimmune disorders. Is that what you would say? A lot of the clients that you work with have kind of fallen into that category. Yeah. (laughs) I started out focusing on just reversing metabolic disease. So, you know, um, diabetes, pre-diabetes two, pre-diabetes, um, obesity syndrome X, that was kind of my focus because I saw the immediate benefit of like eating a ketogenic diet for insulin resistance. And then it really expanded into the full potential of this diet as a therapeutic tool. So it like, you know, as I had to deal with my own autoimmune condition, of course, I got deeper into those aspects. And then like, it kind of all really was making sense together, but having come from a previous background of paleo and Western price style diets and, you know, nutrient dance and like, it was kind of, you know, and we talk a lot about ancestral these days, but before we ever talked of ancestral, like 10 years ago, we talked of traditional, you know? So what is the difference between traditional and ancestral for me is like, pre-agriculture, post-agriculture. So Western Price was, you know, even though it studied a lot of the indigenous populations diets and a lot of those were like completely independent of agriculture, but the results of the style of eating that it was proposing was strongly influenced by agriculture because they do use grains. If you look at nourishing traditions, there is a lot of use of grains and dairy Mm. so those are things the hunter-gatherers were definitely not using (laughs) yeah definitely didn't didn't have cows and didn't have wheat um so now we have kind of evolved backwards with the understanding you know the way of eating that could support an ideal human physiology and we have gone back to more an ancestral perspective and you know as i in my studies, in my research, in my clinical practice, I've done a lot of unwinding. And this is part of like my, how my mind works. I always naturally go for the root causes of things. From situations or miscommunications in a relationship all the way to like the ideal way of eating for human beings. And that has helped a lot to, you know, a lot of people that are, you know, scientists and doctors and anthropologists. And, you know, there has been collectively a lot of really valid research in the field in the last five years, in the last, especially three, four years, you know, so that has been very helpful in kind of like continuing to deepen my perspective and like evolve also my knowledge and evolve my idea of like, what do we need to do to reverse disease and support and prevent disease, honestly, like to really support health. Um, Not in a medical way that is like palliative symptom fixing with a pill, with a drug, but more like a radical approach to healing that will go to the very roots of like disease and solid foundations for a healthy lifestyle. Yeah, I agree. I, th- I think that's a great way to approach it. But 
how many people come to you already with like some sort of autoimmune condition? I know, do you work with a lot of women mostly or is it? Yeah. 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 I feel like a lot of women are coming to me and I was curious with you if, with like Hashimoto's and it's the thyroid thing is just exploding these days. I don't know if, if you're seeing the same thing. Yeah. It's been going on for a minute. Like yeah. ever since I've been in practice and ever since, which is about seven years and ever since I've had to deal with my own issues that has brought that on the radar and I really started focusing on the thyroid <clears throat> and healing the thyroid and the importance of the thyroid in the general health and well-being especially of women because women have an extra component that is the cyclical hormones yeah you know versus men having more linear hormones they don't have the monthly fluctuations and the ovulation you know, and that all very complex dance. So this adds a total different layer of complexity to the whole endocrine system for women. And then everything becomes more fragile, more delicate and harder to balance. One of the reasons I think why the thyroid issues are exploding is because they're they're like the tip of the iceberg of like a, a lot of other hormonal issues that are not quite as um, maybe they're not quite as like dramatic or or like you know life disrupting as thyroid would be yeah you know but like all the hormone pollution in our environment that's what it's leading to basically yeah I was just having this conversation with a friend of mine and we were like we talk about diet so much and food which is so important but we don't talk about diet is also what you put on your skin, you know, what's in your air and your home, like how clean is the air? Do you have mold or do you use dryer sheets? Do you use fragrances and like air fresheners? And do you drink out of plastic? Or are you, you know, like I'm a stickler of these Mason jars everywhere. This is all that we're allowed to drink out of, you know, like that stuff is really influencing people as well. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. And I think that's why all the reasons, the elements you mentioned is the, are the reasons why like the foundation of my practice is detoxing. Yeah. Because people come to me with these conditions, but what we don't realize is like, yes, food is healing. Food can be a major part of your healing. But when you already had like so far down the road of damaging your body or, you know, um, just compromising your systems and like dysfunction and we talk about degenerative diseases most of these are degenerative diseases so they're not caused by like viruses or bacteria bacteria they're caused by lifestyle and mm -hmm. diet yeah you know and of course when the lifestyle and diet set up this like dysfunctional patterns and and situation then the opportunistic viruses and bacteria that will come in and we could go into a really nice COVID tailspin here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Well, yeah, it's a little one. Yeah, you know. So, like one thing that a lot of us that are you know practitioners in a holistic health space, we have addressed throughout the pandemic the importance of like immunity and the importance of addressing mm -hmm. underlying causes of health, while the like the mainstream has not touched on that even for one minute. And that nope. drove absolutely insane. Um, 
And of course, you know, I'm sorry, but it's super easy. Follow the money, period. Yeah, 100%. But think about how compromised we already came, like the health of like, let's say the United States nation, like the average person are unhealthy and compromised there, you know, from degenerative diseases, we already have been coming to a pandemic where an opportunistic virus now wants to come into your system right. and you have zero defenses. Yeah. And now we have to rely on this like, talk about like Franken lab things, like, you know, yeah. like vaccines or what is, can we even call it a vaccine, whatever that thing no. is that injected into people. Don't get me started on that one. But, you know, what about that versus like, oh, my immune system works. Yeah, right. the virus is gnarly and it's gonna like, you know, do a lot of damage for sure it's dangerous and all that. But like, what if I had a really super healthy, strong body? Our body has evolved through hundreds of thousands of years with all kinds of nasty diseases. Yeah. And it just made us stronger up to the point where now we're making ourselves weaker. We're making ourselves weaker constantly through food, through the environment, through what, like I said earlier, what we're putting on our skin, what's in our homes. And, you know, I don't go out to eat. I refuse to really eat in restaurants, even maybe on the rare occasion, but just the seed oils and just like so many toxic things. It's like, yeah, we're making our bodies weaker and then we don't go outside. You know, I've been working with a doctor that she is like huge on getting your, checking your vitamin D levels. And my vitamin D with the beginning of May was only like a 33. And I was like, oh gosh, that's not good. So I, that's been my task, you know, over these last, and I've got a really nice tan now. I've been working on it. <laughs> um, just get, you know, setting my circadian rhythms, getting out and looking at the sun first thing in the morning, making sure that I, my skin is getting exposed to sunlight every day and without sunblock on, you know, not putting sunblock on. Why are we not, and, and you know, why are we not looking at this stuff before we're trying to go straight to medicine? You know, that's, that's my biggest qualm. And then why are we not looking at our blood sugar? You know, that's, the biggest thing is blood sugar. And I'm at this place now. I don't, I know you're probably there too, where it's like, you could accomplish that maybe through carnivore, maybe through keto, maybe through paleo. But the thing is, you got to figure it out for you. Um, you got to get this blood sugar under control. Cause if you're spiking up and down and up and down, that's creating damage in your body, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. In nutrition, there is um, a saying blood no what is it um mood and energy follow blood sugar yes so, you know the ups and downs of like our moods and mm -hmm. then like, the energy crashes and then you know fueling it with antidepressants and caffeine mm -hmm. when like maybe at the really foundation of it is just a total like blood sugar imbalance that yeah. has also led to an adrenal imbalance and then to adrenal crash and yeah, I know. So, I mean, I feel really positive about these things because like when I started as a nutritionist, you know, seven, eight years ago, nobody really talked about this in the mainstream. And, yep. you know, there were a few pockets of like 
knowing like the Western Prize Foundation. That's where I first started because there was an audience that was receptive, you know? Right. And I would teach cooking classes at the Western Prize Foundation. Funny enough, I taught them how to eat organ meats when Western Prize is all about organ meats and they were all farmers and nobody ate organ meats. They gave me free livers. I would get like a free cow liver every like couple of weeks. Nobody ate it. And I kind of like shot myself in the foot because I taught them how to cook liver and then <laughs> more free livers. Aww. <laughs> their livers. But that was great for them. And, you know, just starting with like a small pocket and now through social media. And I mean, God knows that I am not a fan of social media, but as well, social media is a very positive aspect, which is reaching millions of people. Yeah. So that our messages, you know, like back in the days, it was blogging. Blogging was like the first thing that kind of took off. And we had like hundreds of thousands of followers and like, you know, on the nutrition blogs and the recipe blogs and, you know, and that like generated more and more and like it all kind of exploded. And especially during the pandemic, the good part of that was that people got really active about disseminating information. So there was not just the mainstream, which is like driven by money, but there is also like an alternative to the mainstream that has like raised its voice. Like you're doing, I'm doing, we're all doing in our space. Like the carnivore space has been amazing because I feel like the carnivore people are like radical people, but they're also people that don't take the BS of the media. Like, you know, Dr. Sean Baker, like I love him. He's like, He's so radical and he just like doesn't give a damn and just puts it right out there. Yeah, he does. Like, I've been through all this stuff. I was, I'm a doctor, I've been through the military, like I've been in the system and like, but no, no more, you know? So yeah. it's really inspiring and empowering to like, you know, be part of such a space and such a movement. I feel like despite of all the big, negativity that there's been out there for the last two years since like you know COVID especially but a lot of good things are coming out of it like yeah. it's been an acceleration of like the pushback yeah like, you know no we're you're not gonna do this without sorry <laughs> we're yeah yeah agreed um I wanted to before we jump into carnivore and your cookbook a little bit I wanted to pick your brain on thyroid and you know there's a lot of people that are kind of shouting now louder and louder saying that you have to have carbohydrates for your thyroid and that's the only way to heal what are your thoughts on that and how do you typically work with clients on on healing the thyroid especially women um i was talking about this slightly with judy in an interview you know judy from oh yeah yeah i know judy yeah we we touched upon it in a chat that we did like just last week um but you know i think so my um basic understanding of the value of the carnivore diet is that the carnivore diet is for me principally a healing diet Mm -hmm. and it does not have to be kept strict carnivore for the rest of your life of course if there is a person like our famous dr Khan, that says, I am doing so good that I don't really need 
to ever eat anything else. And I'm doing great. And I'm checking my labs and I check in my energy and my body composition and all those things. And I just didn't eat and I'm good. Why not? You know, right. if yeah. you're in, your microbiome is adapted and is doing great. And like, you know, you feel like at any level, like mental, emotional, and physical, you don't need to eat anything but meat, eat meat, you know? Right. But the thing is that we're all different. And I feel like for women is again, a little more complicated. And it does have to do with our hormones, which also influence our mood that has tied in with the thyroid and of course, estrogen and progesterone, and of course, cortisol, you know, and all the other minor hormones and insulin, you know, and all the other little guys that are less known that come into play. And of course, the big thyroid hormones that come into play. So do we need to use the carnivore diet just as a healing tool? You know, again, it depends on the person. So we can heal. For me, the real benefit of the carnivore diet comes in why did, is it so big here in the States? It has a lot to do with glyphosate and GMO, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how much glyphosates, they're not just pesticides, they're antibiotics. Yeah. They were patented as an antibiotic. So that's the way they killed the little bug. And guess what? They killed the little bug inside your body, which mm-hmm. is we are more bacteria than we are human cells. And we forget that when we kill little bacteria that we say, wow, bacteria is bad, but what about the ones that keep us alive? Right. You know, our microbiome keeps us alive, literally. So the more bacteria we kill out there, like all this craze about hand sanitizer, guess what's going to Oh do? gosh, yeah. It's just going to make people even sicker, 10 times sicker. And like your immunity is in your microbiome largely. Yeah. So you're using hand sanitizer, guess what? That stuff goes through your skin, right into your bloodstream, yep. ends up in your gut and kills your microbiome. Yep. So when your microbiome becomes so like crazy depleted and imbalanced that like your gut is like, I'm giving up, like I'm not digesting or absorbing anything. Yep. And then meat is like the one thing that actually can get through. Because it also, it's much easier. It doesn't, you don't, they don't have to go with the fiber. It gets broken down basically already in the stomach and in a small intestine. It doesn't even reach the large intestine. So it kind of just goes in and is absorbed and it creates like no problems into your large intestine. So there is an opportunity for healing and resetting mm-hmm. and providing pretty much all the nutrients that we need. Yeah. Maybe... Yeah not 100% all the nutrients. There might be a little thing here and there, like vitamin C is a thing that could be supplemented. But that's why we go back to ancestral, you know, and we will touch on the thyroid in just a second. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But to look at the big picture, you know, like we're still grew about the hunter-gatherers. So we might have eaten things that contain vitamin C that were not animal-based. And for me, like, again, it's like, how much is your body able to absorb vitamin C and put it to use? So this is something that needs to be monitored individually, because like, if you're starting to have symptoms, like, look at scurvy on the ships, they didn't need a whole lot to prevent scurvy, they just needed like a lemon here and there. 
So maybe all you need is some lemon juice in your water and you can be fully carnivore and not have to supplement, you know, or maybe take like some liposomal vitamin C, you know, and take a capsule a day and you're good and that's it. So about the thyroid and carbs, I feel like there is a moment where carbs, which by the way, most important definition is like not all carbs are created equal. No, definitely not. You know, so there are certain like, let's say, either starches or even like complex carbohydrates that are beneficial. I have not really found studies and I kind of stopped looking a while ago because I got tired of, and I don't believe in research anyways. I believe in clinical practice. You know, I believe in real people with real bodies. Agree. In real experiences. So what I saw in my clinical practice is that there were women that were doing carnivore, my patients, I put them on carnivore, they got great benefits. And they were in that moment of perimenopause when things started being really imbalanced hormonally and they had thyroid and adrenal issues pre-existing. We were working on, you know, the, the microbiome and the gut issues as well. And like they were on carnivore for those reasons. But then after maybe a year of carnivore, they started having some setbacks in their hormones. Mm. So when we reintroduce some really targeted beneficial carbohydrates, I would call them more therapeutic carbohydrates, you know, like they're almost like a medicine. You're not just going there and stuffing your face with cake or donuts or, you know, like eating fruit from morning to night or green smoothies from morning to night. No, we're talking like maybe one piece of fruit a day, maybe like, half a sweet potato, you know, with your dinner five days a week, like something very targeted and specific. I found that beneficial in like really supporting the conversion of like both T4 to T3, um, reducing RT3, reverse T3, which is a symptom of stress and just like kind of helping rebalance everything a little better. And that's, for this specific segment of the population. So does that mean that it's the same for everybody? You know, this is a very specific segment. And I remember when I went to the low carb cruise with Jimmy Moore, my presentation was about this. Do we need carbs for conversion of T3 to T4 to T3? And it was like a very specific inquiry because like all the research I could find would not substantiate the fact that what I saw in clinical practice was that this segment of the population needed it. Mm. And there was no research done specifically on like peripausal, perimenopausal women with yeah. pre-existing hormonal conditions. Who's going to go research that, right? Right. Well, I did. a bunch of patients, like you were saying, women with like Hashimoto's and, you know, hypothyroid pretty much every single one of my clients is hypothyroid Mm. so I got the opportunity to work with a lot of those clients and then as we did even keto we didn't even have to be carnivore like zero carb you know even doing like 20 grams of carbs a day sometimes was not doing good to them and so are there other people that can actually be super healthy and you know, really benefiting from lower carbs. I think that one great example would be younger women 
like maybe past the puberty. So like, I think puberty is another time where like, Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I hope that you're enjoying it. As I mentioned in the very beginning, please head on over to Apple, leave me a review, and don't forget to screenshot this, share it over on social media. It is a passion project that I am doing this, these interviews and just trying to bring you guys as much information as I can to keep helping you on your journey, providing you with information on your journey. I wanted to thank again the sponsor of today's episode, Let's Get Checked. You can use my code YOGI30 in all caps and save 30% off of your Let's Get Checked order. I just did check my vitamin D. I also decided to recheck my A1C. Since I had been playing around with a little bit of a higher protein and I did see my glucose levels up just a slight bit during that time, I wanted to see if my A1C had gone up. The news is that it actually stayed about just about the same. The last time I had checked it, it was a 4.8 and now it's a 4.7. So these are just things that it's good to know. You can also check your CRP, which is your level of inflammation in the body. There's so many things that I feel like doctors, when you ask them to check your blood work, they have a specific thing that they check, but they won't check like your CRP. They don't necessarily check your vitamin D unless you ask for it. And they won't check your A1C unless you ask for it. And these are really big markers of our health and how inflamed we are and letting us know that we're on the right track. That's why I continue to use Let's Get Checked because I want to know that I'm on the right track, that I'm doing the right things for my body. So you can check them out. Use my code YOGI30 in all caps to save 30% off. And I will put some links in the show notes for you guys so you can check them out. Let's get back to the episode. We need to be more delicate and more mindful of like what the hormones are doing. But like yeah. after puberty, we're going into the fertility phase. And when there is metabolic damage done, so a lot of young women are severely overweight. Mm-hmm. They're insulin resistant like crazy. They're yeah. estrogen dominant like crazy. Things like PCOS is also rampant because like then it's like androgens are up yeah, as well, you know, like all that toxicity, glyphosate and congested liver and estrogen yeah. dominance, and then that brings to like high testosterone. So in those cases, I think that something like a carnivore diet done even for a couple of years could be beneficial. Yeah. Until it's not. Because there are then people look at strong sisters. Do you follow them on Instagram? Yeah, they're friends of mine. I've hung out with them at White Oak Pastures. Yeah, we talk, we text every now and then. They're good friends of mine. Yeah. So you know exactly what happened to them. And they just had to backpedal, 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 back into like more of a like Western price kind of traditional Mm -hmm. nutrient dense diet. Mm Because like this low, low, low carb and high strength training and like, you know. Yeah, so much and fasting, all of it combined. It just destroys their hormones. Yeah. So we need to really be like, I think if I can just give you a message, one message to your audience is like one size does not fit Mm -hmm. all. You know, don't believe everything that you see as like the latest fad, the latest craze to like lose weight and be healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't fit everybody. There are ways to consistently and sustainably lose weight and be healthy, but believe me, no quick fad is gonna ac- 
accomplish that and then like send you you can go back to eating donuts and like sitting and watching Netflix all day yeah that will never ever sustain health no ever no so you know research was good for the individual like you know there are a lot of different great things happening in the health space right now and the holistic health space not all of them are fitting for all people yeah i think that's a conversation i definitely am trying to have on this podcast and trying to bring i mean i've brought on dr will cole i've had anna Quebecca, i've had mm-hmm. you know people who are even a little bit more on the plant-based side which i'm definitely That definitely wouldn't be an option for me, but I am willing to have people that have differing points of view on, um, because some things that might not work for me would definitely work really well for someone else. Like I could, I could never, I don't know if you know, Dr. Anna Kabeca at all in her work. Um, but her plan would never work for me. Like the, just the anti-nutrients and the plants, I react to those cause me inflammation and pain and it just wouldn't work for me, but I have had people reach out to me and say that they have done her plan before and they've lost weight and they feel awesome and it's great for them. So who am I to say, everyone needs to do it this particular way. Everyone should do carnivore, you know, like that's not up to me. I think everyone really, I just want to put the information out there so people can kind of decide, you know, okay, well, that's something I may want to try or look into, um, rather than trying to be this dogmatic, like carnivore or nothing end of story, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Definitely. I feel like it's a really important, um, understanding for us as humans that humans can have many, many different life experiences and they're all valid. Yeah. Yes. It's like you can be a Muslim or a Jew and they're both valid. Yeah. You know, we need to start really transcending that dogmatic, like one color for all of us. Yeah. You know, one size for all of us, one food for all of us. And just embrace diversity. That's the beauty and the strength of humanity. It's like how crazy diverse we are. And, and still we're all human, you know? Right. And the underlying message, I think, in those religions, however different they are, is love. You know, that is the underlying message. And there's passages you could take from the Quran and the Bible, and they're saying the exact same thing. They're saying the exact same thing, but we have to divide, you know, we have to divide with diets. We have to divide with religions and, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, we don't have to do that. We don't need to do that. Um, we need to come together quite a bit more, I think. Yeah. I yeah. Agree. Yeah. And I guess kind love of like rebuy. And if you're going to have a green smoothie, love your green smoothie too. You know, I always tell people, my husband is super healthy, um, but he drinks green, green smoothies, even with his wife doing carnivore for all this time, like, and I'm not strict carnivore right now. I eat a few plants here and there, but like, like how the heck can you, <laughs> can you dr- like still drink the green smoothies every day, but he's still really healthy and he really likes them. He says they make him feel good. So I'm like, fine, enjoy, you know, go, go for it. Right. Um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And you like yourself had, you know, those realizations where you, you saw that 
you didn't need to restrict carnivore forever and that you know yeah. like it, there was an effect to your hormones and they mm-hmm. like you know so you had to experience it on your own body kind of like you know some of my clients did I just in my experience with carnivore I was never really called to do carnivore because I feel like my gut was because I grew up in a different country. Thank God, I'm sorry. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Not with the States, but at least I wasn't exposed to the level of like toxic foods that there are here. You know, yeah. I'm much older, you know, I'm going to be 53 soon. So like I grew up in Italy 53 years ago. It was pretty healthy where, you know, a little town and we ate a lot of local food and like, all home cooked and even we had a restaurant my, my mom and my grandma had a restaurant but it was still home cooking in a restaurant yeah. there was no like crazy disgusting pints of canola oil everything you know yeah. it was much more wholesome we use olive oil and butter to cook yeah you know real butter real olive oil in a restaurant you can imagine that <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, my was the opposite. Like we thought margarine was the best thing, you know, it was pop tarts and packaged foods and eating soup out of a can. And that's how I grew up, you know, and microwave meals and things out of the freezer. You know, my whole, I'm generation X just barely, but I claim it. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm like six months away from the cutoff, but I'm like, no, I'm, I'm an Xer, not a millennial. But a lot of the Generation X, we kind of grew up with our parents working and us, you know, I was in charge of my sisters and it was like, I have to figure out what we're going to eat and it's going to be microwave popcorn. And yeah, Mm -hmm. so that's kind of how I grew up and a lot of my generation and even I'm sure a lot of the millennials as well. So we don't have, you know, really healthy guts. We have a lot of pre-existing hormonal issues going in and, uh, we just don't know. Cause no one tells us like, no one, no one talks about it at all of like, yeah, probably don't heat your food up in a microwave. That's probably not a good idea. Like no one ever taught me that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And, you know, I remember not too long ago with my last partner that I lived with and he had two rooms that he started to Airbnb and he wanted to put a microwave in there. And we were like tagging back and forth. And was like, no microwave. And he's like, but people want a microwave. And I'm like, I don't care. It's bad for them. Yeah. And it's like, but people are going to complain. And it's true. People are going to complain. Yeah. And they want a freaking microwave. Yep. They do. Because they they don't know any different. They, they don't know that, that it could not be a good thing for them. But yeah, we just, we aren't taught these things. And that's why I feel like we have to keep on. I know it's hard to be online. You've been doing it for all these years now. It can be hard to sustain and hard to maintain. I mean, I'm at like two and a half years now and I'm just like, man, this is exhausting. You know, it gets really tiring to keep on um, putting out content and just staying in front of people and then dealing with trolls and dealing with just like sometimes wanting to just shut it all off and be quiet Um, But I feel like it's important that we keep on spreading this type of a message for people because like me, I didn't know, there's so much I didn't know that I'm just learning in the last few years at age, you know, I'm 42 now. And it's like, God, I wish I had known this at 22, you know, but there was no access to really a lot of information about it. Yeah. 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 So I agree. It is 
hard and like I want to give up all the time believe me and I go through these phases where I'll, I'll disappear or I have my assistance and like you know I kind of like blessed by being able to have an assistant that continues to do my social media and like puts out the content I have so much content that is I even forget that I have and it's still relevant and it's like let's just put out some content that we did like five years ago you know yeah. and yeah. like continue being out there because sometimes I just get burned out and, yeah you do you know and it's like not just that I feel like I have sometimes a hard time being authentic because I'm pretty radical and you know I am like in a spectrum I'm really like beyond the spectrum even of radical um, and then I'm also human and so I was like I have a hard time sometimes being authentically myself because I think if, if I was authentically myself, it would freak people out completely. And I have to do the thing that women do, which is dilute yourself down a little bit or make it more palatable. But then I also realized that like, what I have to offer is maybe not for everybody, you know? Yeah. Like, and there are a lot of people out there that appeal to more um, a beginner audience or people that are just starting or they need to do dirty keto or, you yeah. know, whatever. I'm not that kind of person. And so I'm also at the point where I'm like, I'm just not going to try to even dilute myself, like whatever. I'm yeah. going to do what I do and that's it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know? And if there, and there are people that are actually ready to receive and they, you know, what's been happening a lot, Sarah, is that people that come to me, they're super desperate because yeah. they've been so damaged and so tried everything and nothing worked that they end up as like, okay, I'm ready to do whatever you tell me. And when they do, then they get better. And like, yeah. but sometimes all of us humans, it takes that to be able to make radical changes. Yeah, it and does. Why is our society designed this way? Like for me, it's like total like upside down world that we live in. Yeah. Why isn't it the other way around? Why isn't there that the norm is healthy and yeah. the mainstream is healthy? And then there is a few crazy ones that want to go and damage themselves, but no. So yeah, we live in very interesting times. <laughs> we do. And I just don't think people, like I said, I don't think that they have an awareness of like what healthy even is. I mean, I feel like it's, I, I follow different accounts on Instagram and sometimes I'll fall down different rabbit holes and there's these different influencers that have accounts that are like normalized bloating, you know, and they show pictures of themselves like, oh, this was like this morning and then this is tonight, you know, and they're like all like look pregnant by the end of the day. And they're like, this is normal. Bloating is normal. When you eat food, it's normal to get bloated. And I'm like, actually, it's not normal for you to have that kind of bloating. It's not normal at all. And they have their whole Instagram page is dedicated to that. So there's like so much mixed messaging out there. And then there's like the, you know, the, the healthy at every size thing, which I believe in loving your body and accepting where you are, regardless of where you are. But to say that you're healthy, you know, in that state that I have a really big problem with that because I see a lot of people getting damaged from that message where they just it gives them like a license to to continue poor habits to continue eating 
bad, you know, foods that are not healthy for them, um, and creating more metabolic damage and you can get away with it until maybe you're like in your late thirties. And then when you hit 40, that's when the disease is going to start to show up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like a lot of these influencers are young. They're below 40 and I'm just kind of sitting here like, wait till all of you guys get hit to your forties. Like then we can fifties. Hello. Yeah. (laughs) And I mean, you look amazing. I would never, ever guess that you were 52. Like I would never guess that it's, it's amazing. Um, so that's a testament to what taking care of your body can actually do. You know, we don't have to age. It doesn't have to be as painful as everyone says it is. You know, like 10 years ago, literally I was like, 43, 44, and like that's when I started like gaining weight. I started gaining weight and I started having pain. And mm. I, I remember having, you know, I had a knee injury I felt from a horse, and then like my knee was hurting, and then like it started like pain in my joints and in my hips, and you know, like I got started, I was naturally thin pretty much all my life, but I also ate really pretty healthy on my life because you know mm-hmm. yeah imprint, Italian imprint where I, how I grew up I grew up on real food so I love food but it was never I never ate processed foods I never really I ate in restaurants a lot because I love good restaurants but mostly good restaurants you know not fast food but at 45 I was like probably already like 10 pounds overweight from my normal mm-hmm. by 47 I was like 15 20 pounds overweight and everybody was like, oh, you look great. You look fine. You're just, you know, getting older. You're getting older. You're 45. It's normal to have some pain. And I was just like, that does not fit with me well. You yeah. Know? And then I got every day diabetic and I've been oh, eating. Wow. I was living on the land in a homestead and we had tons of fruit trees. Plus my ex-husband drank wine. And we are, was this really beautiful little community but in my neighbors, we would get together and play cards and everybody drank one bottle, two bottle, you know, like, like three, four nights a week. Yeah. And plus the fruit and then the, you know, um, fermented grains, like Western fried style, the dairy. Oh, yeah. None of that was healthy for me. And it yeah. was supposed to be healthy because it was Western price or paleo. You know, then I really started doing paleo. So there was no more grains, but there was still honey and fruit. And like paleo did not work for me. You know, I wasn't losing any weight and I wasn't feeling any better. Yeah. Oh, but you're just getting older. And like in three years, two years with keto, I looked like 10 years younger. And I actually, I don't think I've ever felt that good in my life. I started working out in like seriously working out and like, lost weight put muscle no more pain I felt so good like I looked really good and I mean I feel like menopause does have an effect the fact that your hormones go down you know I feel like I look 10 years older in like a year of like after starting menopause yeah probably nobody else can tell but I can't tell you know and I'm like yeah that's real the hormones are changing that sucks but it's kind of the reality of, of a woman. You can't stay young forever. You know, at some point yeah. you're going to have to slowly but surely decline, you know, I mean, yep. eventually. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that 
age reversal is absolutely real and possible. Yeah. Because all that stuff you were saying, like the oils and the GMOs and the processed foods and all the toxins, they make us older much faster. They do. They do. Yeah. And it's, we like with aging, we kind of pathologize it and kind of talk about how menopause and perimenopause is supposed to be this horrible, painful experience. And just, you know, I know that it, and it, it is not the easiest thing in the world, <laughs> but I wonder, you know, if people really kind of fix their diet a little bit more and paid attention to lifestyle. If it, if we could kind of lessen the pain just a little bit, you know, menopause is like really hard, but it's also, I feel like a total rite of passage for a woman. Yeah. Because like, I don't know, like you really go into a different phase of your life. Yeah. And I feel like in our culture, like, the wisdom years of a woman are so not valued or even ever talked about. Like I grew up in Italy in a culture that say that once you're past, like, I don't know, 50, you're done. You don't, you're completely zero value. So unless you are a mother and have a husband and kids and a family and, you know, you become a grandmother and that's your value. But intrinsically as a woman, like you you're useless and expired and that's kind of Mm. the unfortunate message that i got from my mother and my poor grandma as well you know that a woman alone or like if you're single or if you don't have kids you know or if you're not like established you know in a family then you're like you're old you're expired nobody's gonna want you no you have nothing to offer right your body is like old like you're old, you're ugly, you have nothing to offer. Yeah. So this is a really hard. And like, for me, it was like a true initiation. It's like, what is my worth? Where is my value? And like, you know, what do I bring now that my reproductive years are over? And like, you know, what if I don't have a partner? So what? Like, who am I? Yeah. And what do I bring to the world? And, you know, the wisdom of a lifetime of experience that, slowly freaking starts paying off thank goodness you know <laughs> it was great to be young but like I was a knucklehead when I was young you know I had to yeah. go through so many hard lessons now that I'm finally as I start to understand something about life I'm supposed to be expired and useless like I don't think so <laughs> yeah exactly you still have you have so much to offer and in my opinion more um because of the wisdom because of how much you've learned it's, it's so hard though, because when you're, you know, in your twenties and even your thirties, you kind of feel like, you know, it all, you know, like we feel like yeah. we know everything. And it's like, oh, the, the older I get, the more I'm like, God, I don't know anything. Like I, <laughs> I know a thing or two, but like, there's so much that I just feel like I need to sit back and listen, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I know in the same way like it was just like that in my 20s and 30s yeah (laughs) it's funny but I also had so many questions that were not answered and I you know I know that I ran around in life just like asking why why am I like this why I feel like this why I experience this both of like at an emotional and physical level and like 
it for me it's been really an amazing journey through the nutrition to first understand about my body and my hormones as a woman what does it mean to be a woman and like in this physical body and how do I take care of my vessel and then progressing more and more into like emotional energetic and spiritual parts of like how do I take care of myself yeah. you know what does it mean to be a woman what does it mean to be even a human being in general yeah. you know so yeah i i think menopause can be a blessing in disguise and yeah. it is hard but also you know like one piece of advice if you're you know that menopause is coming try to set up your life where you are not super stressed because mm. like the stress will override almost every good thing that you do and like i went in through a divorce that was really traumatic and that sent me into early menopause, like mm. at 39, like I started really, and like, I think at 50, I started my menopause and like this stress almost took away all the other good things I was doing. Yeah. Know? Yeah. So all the good eating, you know, the supplements, everything, the stress was more powerful than all of that. I agree. And I have so many ladies that I work with and it's like, we have to look at your stress and we can't ever get rid of stress. We're always going to have things that come into our life. Stress is like any type of a change that happens that you weren't expecting, right? We can't control that. But what we do have to do is our, the way that we react to stress, I think, and physiology, the physiology, I think that's where we really do have to work on ourselves. We have to figure out some ways to cope with that. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's menopause 101. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, and what's happening physiologically also is that your adrenals are taking over, you know, for the, the ovaries are kind of bowing out. And so mm-hmm. your adrenals are taking over. So I don't think a lot of women know that um, you're so, your risk for having super high cortisol and for your adrenals just pumping out so much adrenaline is so much higher as you get into perimenopause, menopause. And so if there's a time to really focus in on how you deal with your stress, it's definitely perimenopause and menopause. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Are really important. Um, and, and there again, for me, it's about the root causes, like tools that just address the symptoms. They don't always do it all. You need to go into like the real root causes, which, you know, like, I talk in other podcasts about it's like trauma roots, you know, uh, trauma patterns and like, you know, really looking at that and like being able to see the impact of trauma on early traumas, especially on our lives and yeah. how they set us up for not being able to handle stress. And yeah. now there is a lot of research or for once I'm with the research that proves that like, it can be prenatal stress. Like if you're oh, yeah. a pregnant mother and like super stressed, you're going to affect it. you. First of all, you're going to use the baby's adrenals because you're like, as soon as your baby has formed adrenals, your body will start using those. So mm. when that happens, your baby is born with already kind of compromised taxed adrenals and also in heightened, a heightened stress response. That's kind of going to stay until it's 
unwound and reprogrammed, but we are born from stressed mothers with a completely like almost unreasonable response to stress. Yeah. Because that comes from in utero during pregnancy. Yeah. Yeah. So it's... Those are things to be aware of. Yeah, absolutely. And we, you know, how we grew up and we always, I always say the body remembers, you know, the body, you don't get to get away with things, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, whether it's all the antibiotics you took, or it's, you know, the traumatic things that happened to you as a child or teenager and beyond the body remembers it all. It kind of keeps the score. I know there's some books, the body keeps the yeah, score. The body keeps the score. Yeah. The yep. I've got it beside my bed. <laughs> I, love I love that book. That it's book- a great book. Yeah, it really opened up a whole new level of understanding and research for me. So it's very pivotal. Yeah. And that's another thing, you know, I I tell people, it's like, you have to look at this other aspect when you really want to get into deep healing of your body, because at some point that's going to come up for you. And I feel like a lot of people maybe get to that point, they're healing, they've kind of stripped away the different foods and the different comforts. And then it's like, they want to just kind of jump ship and run away. And I think that's the point when that trauma is kind of coming up, um, that pattern's kind of coming up for them. And they're just like, I'm done. I can't do this diet anymore. I'm over it. Like, and they, they end up cheating or go off the wagon or they just disappear. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah I see that a lot in people. And like, that's why, you know, in my practice, my practice has been based on a program. One main program for the last like six years is called the Healing Foods Method. And um, that program started out being eight weeks and now has become a four month program. So it was an wow. eight week one-on-one, I mean, group program where for years I did like every month I had groups of like six, seven, eight, ten 10 people you know, so a lot of patients through the program. And then I realized that that's not how I was going to be most effective in changing people's lives with a lasting change. So now the program is only one-on-one and is like four months long. And it's like, I'm like, should I extend it to six months maybe? Wow. (laughs) This is like where you really do make a difference. And you take one person at the time and I'm not I'm really not the kind of practitioner that works with the masses, you know, yeah. I want to be a big influencer and like all those things, but I want to change people's lives at a deep root level. So mm. when they're done working with me, they're in a completely different place in a completely different level. And they're like able to take care of themselves. Yeah. So that the changes are lasting, you know, and like, it happened recently with one patient I was gone on sabbatical for a month and not reachable and like she had to make some big decision for herself and like she kind of went you know a little bit the way she would have gone before and then came back around and totally made the right decision with her new knowledge and trusted her intuition and her body and I was like I came back and we talked and I was like <laughs> you learn how to trust yourself. You learn how to listen to your body. You learn how to heal yourself. Yeah. And then like, oh, I did it. Like, this is my goal as a practitioner. It's like, I don't want to just give you a quick fix, but I want to teach you how to heal yourself. Yes. 
Yes, I agree. And it's not a one size fits all. It's going to look different for everyone. And, you know, I love that one-on-one work with people because when they, I feel like when people are in a group there, they can just kind of fall out. Like I've, I've done a lot of group, um, programs Mm -hmm. over the last number of months. And I feel like everyone starts off in the group, very vocal and participating and doing all the things. And then about halfway through a bunch of people just kind of drop off. You don't hear from them. And, you know, the price point of the group is not so much that they're going to feel like, Oh, I've just thrown away all my money. You know, I make my groups like really inexpensive. Um, but there's that point where I'm like, God, I just, I don't feel like I'm being effective in this, in this kind of environment. And then I have a few that'll stick around and, and actually do have great progress and good results, but it's, it's tough. You know, it really is tough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I went through the whole same experience for a few years and then I was like, all right, this is just what I want to do. I want to work with one person at a time. If that person is ready, they're going to do it. And if not, they're not. And, you know, right. and right. it's like, it's an investment because a four month program, of course, is not going to be just like $200. Right. And so when you make a bigger investment, it's also something that it helps you commit to yourself. Yep. It does. It's incredible how spending some money really makes you pay attention. <laughs> yeah, it does. It really does. You know, if I have someone spend $45, I might get some people that really can get a great benefit and enjoy that, but I don't have as many people that I feel like stick with it and are in there and showing up on a daily basis and doing the assignments. Like it's, yeah. So there, it's hard because you want to make Um, you want to make it affordable and accessible to people, but then there's a psychological thing with people as well, where they need to pay a certain amount of money (laughs) in order to really be committed to themselves and give it the full shot that they need to be giving it. Yeah. I know it's everything. It's kind of, we pay what we get for, you know, we get what we pay for. It's true. (laughs) It's true. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. Well, I guess, um, where can people find you? And let's, yeah, let's talk about your book a little bit. The Essential Carnivore Diet book. Yes. Yeah, just quickly. So this is the latest baby of the family. Yes. And it's done in collaboration with my co-author, Erin Blevins. She's amazing. She's a professional athlete and a professional chef. So not only like she wrote some incredible recipes, but she's also I do more the practice healing, you know, like hormonal side, and she did more the um, athletic and performance side of carnivore. So in the preface of the book, we wrote, you know, a good amount of uh, information about like the different aspects and different ways of doing the carnivore diet. So again, we try to make the carnivore diet like more, um, widely adaptable for different kinds of people and explain why it would be this version or that version better for who, you know, ideally. And then of course there are like really yummy recipes. Like, oh my God, wait, this one. Like, um, oh, we, yum. We include fish and some fruit, believe it or not. Ah, okay. So it's like, you know, there are different versions, but of course it's a lot of meat, 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 and good ways to make meat less boring. But um, I try to use some traditional recipes from Italy, from other countries as well, you know, like 
good old carpaccio made carnivore, you know, um, no dairy in this book because awesome. again, I don't do dairy, but there is a little bit of fruit for both performance and hormones. Gotcha. So that you can still, it can give you an idea how you can do still stay carnivore and actually bring those therapeutic little elements to help you stay consistent and compliant and get the results that you want from your really clean way of eating. Wonderful. Awesome. And I will put that link in the show notes for everybody. And then where can people find you if they want to work with you or possibly do some of your programs? What's the best way to get a hold of you? So I have a new platform, a new website that has it all. So there is like um, links to my books and links to my old website, The Nourish Caveman. It's all in there. And of course, a page with my services so people can have a really good explanation of all the different ways to work together. And it's called journey to wholeness.love. And it's Love it. journey number two, the number two, wholeness.love, L-O-V-E. Oh, wow. How cool. I will definitely so, link that in the show notes for everybody, yeah. but I and love so that. There is kind of like, I wanted to make it kind of like an umbrella hub for all my programs and the books and everything. They can find it from there. And it's kind of pretty straightforward because my other side, the Nourish Caveman, because it's so big and so old, is like a labyrinth. Yeah. So it's like you get lost in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Your way out. So journey to wholeness is like it really stands for that journey back to ourselves and like highest potential as human beings awesome well thank you this has been really wonderful and so much fun and i know my listeners are going to really enjoy it so thank you for being here today thank you so much and thank you for having me you're welcome All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you're still here, thank you, thank you, thank you for being here, for being a fan of the show. Don't forget to go over and leave me that review over on Apple. Make sure that you are subscribed. And next week I have Elliot Overton. I actually had to divide the episode up into two parts because we really got in depth on several things on our liver, kidney markers, dehydration, some vitamin deficiencies that commonly do happen on a carnivore diet with clients that Elliot has worked with over the years. And so I think that you guys are really gonna find that episode extremely informative and that'll be out next week and the week after because I did divide it into two episodes. So make sure again you are subscribed so that you can hear the episode when it comes out. In the meantime, thank you again to Let's Get Checked for sponsoring this episode. I really do recommend that you go get a micronutrient level test if you're not feeling your absolute best. There could be some targeted supplementation that you might want to look into based on what the micronutrient level test comes back with. As I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, it's so important now that we are getting our immune system up to the strongest part point that we can possibly get it. So make sure to check out Let's Get Checked. Use my code YOGI30 in all caps. And I can't wait for you guys to hear next week's episode. So make sure you're subscribed and I will talk with you then.